Boom. Oh, damn. And we're back. Can you believe that we're on our third podcast from... I want to, you know. yeah, I want a soundboard so I could hit like a button and it's like, bow, 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 bow. Ryan has one. He does. Yes, well, he has rap horns and like the. Wah, wah. Does he really? <laughs> does he hit that oh, yeah. shit while him and. He does. Whoever uh, are recording. I made the mistake of calling him while he was recording a podcast with Taylor and he had his phone jacked into the Bluetooth. So I got to do the actual first call in. No way. Yeah, but oh, he told me out, about that. Yeah, and he said the audio turned out really good. Yeah, but then they they actually hadn't recorded their ver their side or something. Yeah, so it's just like me talking to myself. <laughs> Our the one actually tech savvy guy we have in the company forgot to hit record three we times. We two. We have Nick. Nick is legitimately tech savvy. Which Nick? Both Bro. Nicks. Yeah, Nick Sinise Sin- is not tech savvy at all. Sinise is tech savvy. He is. No, he's good with audio equipment. Yeah, that's tech savvy. I guess he is. He is tech savvy in a niche. A niche. Yeah, I'm gonna Very make Nick listen to this niche. Where you say he's not tech savvy. He. I mean, he doesn't have social media. <laughs> the best part about when we spend a him, lot of money this month to like advertise, and Nick's like, hey, I don't have any of that shit, man. Dude, it makes me laugh. When we when we first hired him and I was in Iraq and you guys were like, hey, we hired this guy, Nick. Uh, he's going to do X, Y, and Z for you. I'm like, cool, man. That sounds rad. Uh, I am start, so I email him. I'm like, all right, I need you to go here and look at Facebook and do X, Y, and Z. And he's like, emails me back. I don't have Facebook. And I was like, do you know who you fucking work for? Like, all, we do everything on Facebook and Instagram. And he was just like, all yeah, man. All of our marketing dollars. Don't worry. I'll, uh, I'll set up a ghost account. So, like, he sets up. A ghost account. It's amazing. <laughs> it's just like, all right, dude. <laughs> it's funny because he manages all of our customer service. Uh, you know, Ashley and Patty report to him and he jumps in there occasionally. So I was like, hey, man, we need to just, we're going to do Facebook messages direct from the HQ account for customer service questions instead of using like a third party app. And the questions he was asking about setting up the account were hilarious to me because like he's never had a Facebook account, right? So I love it. It was good. It was good. So now that we've talked about how amazing and untech savvy everyone but us is, even though I have no idea what I'm doing, I can barely. No, no neither of us are really tech savvy either. <laughs> I think is the point. We have a company whose primary product has become an app, and none of us are tech savvy. Except, um, you know, our CTO. We have CFO a CTO? Yeah, CFO, CTO? Well, we've got Aaron, Nick. I mean, Nick's definitely the CTO. Even and Ryan's doing... We haven't, he's CFO. He's money guy. Who also dabbles in rewriting web pages. Yeah. I mean, we've got 15 people in the company. We're all kind of dabbling. For the record, I've been doing a lot have, more product development, which I really like. We have like 11 people in the company. Because... Nope. We do not have 15, because if we did, we would be open at Title Seven. <laughs> we do have 15. Actually, we have Including, 14. You're right. There you I go. Run, I run payroll every two weeks, bro. I see how many people are in there. You but forget about the folks that are, like, doing data entry and quality control. But they're part-time. They don't count. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. They're still employees, but they don't count. That's true. It's our 1099 loophole stuff. <laughs> 1099 loophole. <laughs> 1099 loophole, bro. Uh, All right, well, so what's this new thingamajig that replaced your Viagra prescription you got? <laughs> Man, I love that this is a topic of conversation. A man turns 40 and you act like his dick doesn't work anymore. And I'm just baffled that you just <laughs> turned 40. <laughs> Man, there is a lady in this town that I live in, no names named, who is 45 I'm not going to make any comment about what she looks, but she's convinced that I'm older than she is and is constantly giving me shit because 20 something year olds hit on me. And I'm like, listen, first of all, I understand it's inappropriate. Also, it's kind of rad. Secondly, I'm not older than you. <laughs> like, just because I look old doesn't mean that I am old. And I'm like, for someone who is apparently f- who looks 55, I'm in pretty good shape. I was going to give you. 50. A lot of people think I'm 50 plus. When you were still in your 30s like a month ago, 
And I made the comment to somebody that was like, no, nah, man, Doug's in great shape for being 50. And they're like, how old do you think Doug's? <laughs> no, dude. I was like, this motherfucker. I mean, My still mystique, in great shape for 40, though. My mystique is probably going to go down now that people realize I'm not 50. You just look 50. Does that, I'm not so, sure if that's better or worse. <laughs> I think it's worse. <laughs> I uh, We're not I selling only, aging cream. You're in shape. You just have I'm, aged like a catcher's mitt. <laughs> I'm only going to laugh at this because I know that you're 31 or 32 and, and I have fucking, fucking gray hair. <laughs> the piper is coming to call on your ass, too. <laughs> well, and I never get... I get hit with, like, 40 and shit. Because I... You can't see it on... Well, actually, you can. Even on the podcast, you can see the gray forming on my side. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. So, it's funny. I Well, it's not funny. It is fortuitous. Um, one of my really good friends, who was my acting team sergeant, passed away from an unfortunate accident... Um, I don't know, like three weeks ago. And yeah. we went to his funeral last week and it was, uh, it was a, it's kind of crazy, man. Like, I mean, I'm going to digress as I always do in these things, but, yeah. um, when dudes die that like, they're still young, but they're doing something stupid or they do kill you have themselves. a fan on or is that my house? It is a garbage truck outside. Oh, motherfucker. All right. Anyway, I know. continue. Yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry. Um, I have no control over it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when dudes die of unnatural causes or like from an accident, like, you know, riding a motorcycle or whatever, we can all laugh about how dumb they are and how it's like how they live their lives. And nobody feels really bad. Like you go to the funeral, you might pat the wife on the back, you know, but like, I don't feel like everybody's crying about it because you all know that the dude was kind of a dickhead in his own way. Like, really, I haven't I knew- heard that about the person you're talking about. But no, fuck no. Go fuck on. No. Yeah, that's my point, right? Podcast to say, number two where everybody's like, fuck those guys. <laughs> no way, man. Like, I don't know. I mean, my whole thing is I sometimes dealing with the family is like the grief is overwhelming. I don't like to do funeral details for that reason. But in this instance, like Joel was loved by everybody. And he was like 43 years old. And it was just a total fluke, man. You know, I mean, he like. I, I don't know if it was a brain aneurysm or what, but he fell in the shower, hit his head, and boop, expired. That's fucking crazy. But everybody loves this dude. I mean, like, he's literally, he's, like, literally one of the most proficient. Well, that's way different than the accident. Like, if I, today, I was out dirt biking, and I'm fucking sixth gear wide open through three-foot-tall whoops. If I bit it and broke my neck and fucking got found by hikers tomorrow, everybody would be like, that dumb motherfucker, like, Everybody saw that coming, right? I, li- I like to call that the Madison Cawthorn. The only, <laughs> the only person who would be surprised about that would be the guys that I ride with because they're like, I didn't think that motherfucker went fast enough to kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the funny part is those are the things you say at somebody's funeral. And at Joel's funeral, like, I, dude, the, the, the eulogies were really great. And it was one of those deals where you could sense that everybody liked Joel but at the same time, the level of grief was like 11. Like I'm talking like there, I don't know if there was a dry eye in the entire chapel. Yeah. Like a yeah. bunch of barrel chested freedom fighters are like choking back tears while wives are like openly weeping. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is a lot. <laughs> yeah. But on the plus side, uh, Joel worked um, in um, a super secret place, not that super secret, but super secret for the army doing austere medicine so like teaching kind of surgical skills and stuff for guys cool. that don't have medical support yeah and a bunch of guys that worked with him showed up for the wake at charlie mike's and this guy that i met who i i assume is a seal um i don't know he messaged me i'm pretty sure he lives in a seal centric area <laughs> so like i but he hit me up and was like hey there's this product that i was working so he's with an oh i mean he, he doesn't have any pictures of himself on his instagram which leads Ooh. me to believe he might be a seal in the current social media atmosphere of this. He's, he's a seal incognito. But uh, either way, he hit me up and was like, hey, there's this device that Joel and I were trying to get pushed up through USASOC for dudes. He's like, it's the only, the only time that I feel truly relaxed and happy is when I'm using it. So he pitched this whole thing, and I was like, okay. Like, I'm giving him the thumbs up. You know, like, cool, cool, cool. 
yeah. I don't want to buy. I don't want to buy one. Sounds rad. And he's like, No, no, no. I'm going to link you up with the product rep, and we'll get one sent to you. I was like, Okay. Yeah. So I don't forgot know. for two minutes that you were pseudo. You were like our budget Matt Best, and you were almost internet <laughs> famous, and people just want to give you shit. Dude, I was at the brewery the other day, and some big guy with a grunt style T-shirt on. I walked past him, and he goes. It's Doug the Elephant Slayer. I was like, oh, shit. What's your Instagram handle, man? And I just, <laughs> What's your Instagram name? Yeah, I just That's stuck my hand out. That's a millennial thing of you to say. No, I was like, I was like, my name's Doug. It's nice to meet you. And you are, you know, it's like, like yeah. people that are like, oh, shit, it's your Instagram handle. And you're like, calm down. I'm a real person. I'm right here. My name here. is in there. It's Doug. If you, you can call me if Doug. If you talk to me right, I might hold it in my mouth till it gets soft. You don't know. Mm. <laughs> Buy me a beer. Um, or two. But this thing showed, the thing showed up, and I, I cannot lie. I do not have scientific data to prove that it is making a difference. But do you have the, anecdotal data? The last three days... Every time I use it, I feel borderline euphoric afterwards. I find myself in stressful situations during the day. Not yeah. really stressful, just annoying. And I'm like, oops. <laughs> you know, like, hey, man, cool. Uh, well, this is going to solve itself. So what do you um, have this thing on you right now? It's so it is downstairs. I can describe it because people can't see the video. Does it go like, around your head? Dude, it's just headphones. It's earbuds. That's that's all it is. That is so, it. it's a it's a Bluetooth puck. It's like a little glowing circle that I am gonna head- say something that you're gonna laugh at that I don't really mean to be funny, but it's kind of ironic. You're putting this shit on your ears that was given to you through a guy that you met through another guy who just died of a brain aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the guy who gave it to me and then I die, we can treat this device like the ring. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you use you use the Nuvana Zen and four days later you die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I will say this. It's so I did. a I had one of those Alpha Stem machines um, yes. years ago, and those motherfuckers make me feel high. Like if you, because they clip on your Do you remember the lobes. brainwave thing that was like the fucking halo you were supposed to wear? I do, but it, I also remember the headphones that were supposed to do the same thing. Yeah. That were supposed to help with uh, fine, like muscle memory or motor. Like, yeah. you know, like, I don't know if those were ever, I mean, clearly so how that much, company went out of business. What's this thing where, that you're wearing on your head that's going to... It's so basically what's it called? The pre, the, it's called Zen Z X E N. It's made by a company called Nuvana, N E U V A N A. Uh, it's 400 bucks. And honestly, at 400 bucks, it's kind of like uh, a sellable thing. Um, supposedly, now this is what I love about these kind of things, right? Like less stress, better sleep, more tranquility, brighter mood, enhanced focus. Everything short of saying your dick works better. You know what I mean? Why doesn't it say longer erections? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say this. I can feel the electrical stimulation. Um, it penis. only it only comes through your left ear. So you wear two headphones, but the only stimulation is on your left ear. I don't know why that is a thing. Um, it syncs with music from your iTunes. So like I just play a chill mix and I sit around for 15 minutes and just listen to music. And honestly, it feels like. So you're not wearing the, you just throw these things in and do like sessions. You're not wearing these things all day. No, I mean, literally it's 15 minutes and it's like, they feel like regular earbuds. The only catch is if you turn them up too much. Um, you know how, when you wear, have you ever worn bone conducting headphones before? Yes. You know, and the bass hits and it feels like you're getting shocked. Yes. Because it's like it's vibrating your mandible or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, this has the same kind of sensation as that if you have it up too high. Uh, so that kind of is your, your guideline. Like when it goes up that high and you jump, you better <laughs> bring it down a couple settings. Yeah. Um, but it's I, – I, I can't really explain it. It's supposed to stimulate your vagal nerve. 
um, which is, I guess, the longest running nerve in your body that connects to your brain. I don't fucking know. I, again, I'm not a, I'm not a scientist. So, you know, we I'm know sure Katie Pate, Katie Pate's listening you, to this and she's shuddering. listening to this and she's having a fucking brain aneurysm. <laughs> but I, I do feel like it has some intrinsic value, um, even if it's just. A good you way should for send people. it either like send her the website. I'm sure she could research and just be like, nah, it's bullshit or oh, this looks well, promising. To be fa- to be fair, I don't think that vagal nerve stimulation is um, a new thing, right? Like this is um, this is something that people have been playing with for a while, and I think the big catch is that they're you're trying to like release. Um, I believe it's a settled chloine. I don't understand. I don't know how to pronounce it. And serotonin, which by stimulating the vagal nerve, you're releasing like your, your calming hormones that are things that most of us, because we have like, because we're burned out CNS wise and have a really hard time producing those things. So people that are like, I can't meditate. I feel like this is a kind of a really, a low hanging fruit, easy way for somebody to be like, Oh, there's a timer running. It's 15 minutes. I don't have to meditate or focus. I can just listen to music that I already listened to and get kind of a, a reset along the way. So yeah. I, are you still meditating and doing yoga pretty regularly? I listen to sleep casts every night. Um, I wish I could do more yoga, but the only place I like going is that hot asana place in Southern pines and they shut down their Durham studio. So I have not found a, a yoga studio here. I do the flows that are at the end of the workouts. Yeah. The and I tend to like them, but I mean, they're Dude, really... I hate, so, well, I don't hate. I used to go to like yoga studios every now and again and kind of do a little bit. And I was like, man, I'm just going to do the shit that's in our app like as often as possible. I was doing yoga like five, six days a week for a few months and then lately things have gotten in the way but i've still just gotten in at least like a 20 minute because that's the hard part right you go to your like fucking hour class it's like you gotta block out two hours in your day to like get there do all your shit but a 20 minute 30 minute flow dude game changer like if you can get that 20 minutes in three four days a week for me it just makes life so much better I'm interested in getting a teacher training certification just so that I understand. I think it takes a long time. You can do it in a few months. Um, Honestly, to plug hot asana again, uh, Virginia, who owns it, who's actually just, she's bad as shit. I mean, she's awesome. (laughs) I would do do a cert just to like be better at it and understand it. I never want to teach, but going through the teacher training would be, it's, it's really nice because it taught, I mean, talk to a bunch of people who've done it and it basically gives you a better appreciation for like the cueing the process the breath work yeah and that's, uh, that's all, what i tell i care about 99 is the breath work yeah well that's the crazy part right is yoga highlights how badly you breathe in all your other physical activities for sure because all of us have grown up doing glo- like gloidal breathing like where you're like blocking off your fucking your your airway to hold air inside of yourself to be stronger to prevent injuries and then when we focus on like a regular workout we're like oh yeah man i'm holding my breath for like 45 seconds at a time <laughs> during yeah. during efforts well in my understanding is the only piece of yoga because people are like yoga is you know two thousand years old or however old the only piece of it that's that old is the actual breathing the rest of the gymnastics bullshit has been recently introduced um, and I try to like, I do some long holds, like hip opener stuff, stuff that's in the soft lead app. Basically I'm just yep. following along with that and sometimes modifying a little bit. Uh, but all I care about is long holds and breathing for the shit that I already know is tight. You know what I mean? The chick that narrates all of our videos on the app is actually an instructor from hot Asta. Uh, her name's Darcy Denny. She's, yeah. she's awesome. She's like super cool. And I don't know. I I think there's definitely a bigger place for it than most people are putting into their deal. I mean, I just want to go out on a limb and be like, you know how I used to work out. You used to make fun of me. Like, I mean, the first workout session we did at um, 
in, in Ohio, right? Like, yeah. like, I thought you'd, I thought you'd be stronger. Like I have a 500 pound deadlift, but I can't put 135 overhead like at all. I was just struggling. I was like a bitch. And yeah. as soon as we like running, like longer, you didn't efforts, move I, well, you move a lot better now than you used to. Well, I moved better because I started to do cycles. I didn't like <laughs> <laughs> that like yesterday I did a workout for resurgence that I fucking hated. And it was like, I bitched you all the time. I'm like, this is too complicated. <laughs> also, I did also, I need all of these things crossover. It's like a, a crossover step up with dumbbells. And I'm like, why is my glute minimus on fire as I'm yep. doing this stupid shit? Yep. But I mean, also worth noting, and this is, like foot stomp, like heavy foot stomp for listeners. I'm not yet five months post ACL surgery, like total re total ACL rebuild. And I went into my surgeon and he was like, like, he's a fucking dick bag. Like, like he's, he's literally one of the biggest douches I've ever met in my life. He has a flat top haircut, man. And he has been difficult to deal with from the time I, is he he a VA appointed? No, no, he's, he's a sports Okay, he's uh, like he, a he's from UNC. Sports. Okay, yeah, yeah, he's he's a very well respected ortho, but he's still the fighter pilot of doctors, right? He's like, yeah. like I told him, I, I said this in the video I did with Theo, but like I walked in there, I was like, hey, all my friends that have had ACL surgeries told me that I want a cadaver uh, tendon replacement because then I won't have the pain from the harvest site. And he's like, well, first of all, your friends are fucking idiots. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Fuck like, yeah. all right. <laughs> he was like, uh, why did they say that? I'm like, well, I don't know. And I know you're asking me that question because you're trying to be a dick, but I'm willing to listen to what you have to say. And he's like, he's like, you're a fucking retard. You want to push yourself too hard. I'm going to give you the most durable replacement, which is a quad tendon harvest. He's like, it's going to hurt. It's going to suck. You're not going to like it, but you'll be able to push it the hardest through your rehab, which Fuck after yeah. like today, I was loading the back of my truck for a climbing trip and I forgot that I had pulled the step from the tailgate down and I tried to step off the tailgate because I'm I feel healthy again. And I scraped my entire shin past my knee down the step. And I was like, ah, shit. Thank God for a quality reconstruction. <laughs> you were quickly reminded that you had surgery two months ago or three, three months ago. When did you get your surgery? Uh, it's four and a half now. Um, I got mine, what, two weeks after you? But you did uh, just a scope. Mine was right? just a meniscus scope. Yeah. Which I mean, it it made a huge difference in your life, right? Game changer. Yeah. I dude, honestly, I, I've never, I never knew that an ACL was so important. <laughs> and then I tore mine and I was like, Oh shit, this sucks. Um, but I, I mean, was, the, the surgeon literally looked at me. He was like, last time I went in, he had me do a single leg squat and freaked out because I went ass to grass and then stood back up. He's like, that is too deep. And I'm like, no nah, man, that's like, how deep I squat and I've got range of motion back now. So like, thanks. And yeah. he just kind of started laughing. So like I came in oh, this yeah. time and he's like, Hey man, I don't need to see you for 10 and a half weeks. You can start running again, but it's going to suck. And you're going to feel like there's swelling because of increased impact. But yeah. like, I'm just here to say the app and doing a bunch of programming. I don't fucking like <laughs> and jumping into strength training almost immediately after surgery has me, I mean, light years ahead. I'm, I'm past where most people are after nine months. Bro, um, when I did my, I, so I have Exos 15 minutes from my house, super lucky insurance was like, yep, Exos is an approved rehab place. And I know those nice. dudes. And I was like, hey, bro, I'm coming in for rehab. And they're like, fuck yeah. And I went there like for the performance stuff before as well. And I think I got cut on a fr- Thursday or Friday and I showed up in their place on like a Monday or Tuesday and they were like, dude, this is going to go fast. And we were doing shit like day three that people are starting with like, you know, week six. And well, dude, my, my PT, like I went in and showed up and he fucking lit me up with that Russian East M like on yeah. day two. And yeah. I went from being like a cripple to having a functioning leg again in like 30 minutes. Well, so, and this is, I have, I have thought of this tagline and we need to use it in some ads, but most people aren't training, they're masturbating. And fuck yeah, with dude. The, with fuck the app, yeah. if you pick the right, 
like you pick the right cycle. We tell people, hey, man, what's your weakness? This is the cycle you need to attack that weakness. And guys look, like, but I fucking love to bench. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about your bench if you're benching 405 and squatting 225 and there's no injury that's to blame. We're going to fix your shit, right? And that's a super oversimplification. But putting guys on the programs they need where they're actually training and not just jerking off in the gym at how good they are at something. Fucking Dude, life changer, what, man. That's life what changer. I don't. I don't even get it. Like, I laugh about progression. I think... I have a lot, I have a lot of memory about where I came from. You know what I mean? Especially since like, Fuck yeah. I'm still friends with Alan Shabara. <laughs> like I remember when Alan's in there warming up with like a 20 rep set of 225 on the bench and I'm struggling to deadlift 225 at 140 pounds. Like that's my mentor. And Alan used to specialize in gym masturbation. Like he got big for a reason. You know what I mean? Yep. And his training has definitely evolved. Like, I'm glad that I came. Is he from, doing the app or is he just doing his own thing? And Alan's always going to do his own thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, no, he's definitely he, a guy that and he's guess, never going to do what? other people's shit. You can't be critical of a dude that's got like a 600-pound deadlift, a 500-pound back squat, a fucking like 450-pound bench. And I am sure there's something I could find to be critical of him. But Dude. I don't know. I mean, literally, you know what I, you know what I learned a long time ago? I'm not critical of anything Alan does. Cause I like my life. <laughs> Dude, he's, he's one of those guys. Like you could stick him in a closet with a Nautilus machine for six months and he'd come out fucking jacked. You know what I mean? But, but you know, what's funny is everybody looks at Alan and thinks he's a freak of nature. And I remember Alan from beat or from C220 days when we were in Mississippi together yeah. And he was a drill sergeant and I was an NQP and we were both going like training to go to the Q course. And I mean, he was not little then he was still a Jack dude, but four years before that, he was like 170 pound string bean doing a bunch of like, you know, whatever, whatever weight class it is in jujitsu. And he looked like a fucking kid. And then, yeah, but I mean, know, when he was doing jujitsu as a kid, so Alan's story about, fighting one of the Gracies after a jujitsu match and like getting his neck broken side and getting his fucking, but he, he won with a fucking, he still won. Neck, right? Yeah. Nobody has that. Like, dude, people aren't going to do that just for the sake of doing it. Alan is literally one of the hardest humans yes. I've ever met. And he's not like, like Phil Braun, some of the other guys that I'm friends with, they had this like idiot switch where like, you're not actually that hard. But at a certain point, like you no, get it's angry. the lizard switch, man. They turn on the lizard brain and they're just like, <laughs> yep. they're, they are running on an IQ of four and the rest <laughs> of it is just fucking going. But they, um, but they finish. They always finish. Those dudes are fucking badass. But Alan's like not that guy. Like there's no lizard switch. Oh, he doesn't turn on the lizard brain? No, he is like, he's always functioning at this. Like his mental capacity is pretty much the same across the board. But he's just, he's hard as fucking nails, dude. He's just a tough, yeah. honorary fuck. Right. You know, like, we need more of those dudes in our society. <laughs> oh, 100%. I have a, a buddy from, I was in two companies with him, one team, still a real good friend of mine. I actually have a bunch of his guns at my house that I need to ship to him. But uh, I don't know, if, should I, should, do we need to edit that out? Is that illegal? I don't think it's illegal. You can store it. What is it? I have, a, yeah, I have no. like three or four of his guys because he got stationed in California and he's like, bro, I don't have anywhere to keep these. I'm like, yeah, keep them at my house. And then he never came and got them. Don't worry. But, nobody uh, from the ATF is listening to this podcast anyway. Right? <laughs> um, he, dude, this dude would turn on his lizard brain and he was huge, man. When we were, uh, we were on a trip together and he was, I think I was like 215 or 220 and he was like 240, 250 fucking massive and this dude would still run like a one minute 400 meter sprint sub six minute mile like pace for shit the dude was a freak actually we were both i mean we we're you know i've never been like big big but i was big for me at 220 and he was you know 240 250 and our partner for us was on the senegal trip one day we're done training and they're like hey you guys want to run back with us and we're like man like <laughs> I know this is a really bad idea to run with these dudes, but 
they're putting us in a position where it's like we don't have an excuse to say no, right? So we're like, fuck it, how far is it? And they're like, oh, dude, it's like five miles. We're like, okay, cool. Two and a half hours into this five-mile run at a blue. Was this into pace. car or chess? Yeah. No, no, this is into car. So we're at, up at, did you ever go to the old courthouse in Dakar? Yeah. It was like an abandoned courthouse building that they used as like a training site. Yep. That's that's where we were. And their headquarters was in like downtown. So like, well, how far apart is it? They tell us it's five miles. And they're all dressed Two. in soccer. They're dressed in soccer clothes, right? No, no, no. We were all in like full uniform because we were doing oh, like Jesus. CCB and breaching and shit. So we're like, whatever, man, we'll run back with you two, three hours into this thing. I'm like, bro, we are fucking hauling the mail. There is no way that this is five miles. And he's like, well, as the crow, crow flies, but like we had hit the beach and did a swim. Like they took us on a fucking tour of Dakar to get back. And Kevin's big ass just flipped that lizard switch, man, and was hauling ass, you know, the whole way. I think it's a I, When I lived in Chez, I dropped from 190 pounds to 165 pounds. Well, that's that what is, you weren't eating. Oh, no, I ate like a horse. That's really? I, yeah. I also got that MRSA in my nose and I had the fucking bubble guts, the African bubble guts. Yeah. And because there wasn't like there was an OK gym, but it was like really kind of like shitty weights and stuff. Yeah. So I ran a lot and that's the first time I've ever run a marathon. And I ran two while I was there on my really own with like headphones. Yeah, I was just, just like off. Just fuck it. Like, I can run 26.2 miles. So I had run, like, 13.1 out past the mosque north of town and then turn around and come back. And, like, the best part about running in Africa is that if you're a fucking Mzungu, like a white dude, you have literally, like, a tour de France. You got running buddies. You got running buddies, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Tour de France cheering squad. Everywhere you go. There's, like, kids chasing you. Like, locals are, like... Van Damme, Van Damme. Yep. And you're like, I am not Jean-Claude Van Damme, but this is amped me up. <laughs> Dude, I loved it, man. Did you ever go work out on the uh, the beach gym in Dakar? No, no. We need um, to go Dakar- back. We need to do a, like a surfing and dirt biking trip to Dakar. Can't you can go fly back to Morocco. From New York. I can I go to, That's I, I can can go to go Senegal. <laughs> I can go to Senegal. Well, we could fly direct in from New York to Dakar. It's like a six-hour flight. Uh, you take for granted Fridays and Mondays. You you take for granted that everybody else can surf. I have surfed on a longboard three times and I enjoyed it. One of those three times, Senegal does not have a longboard conducive. No, Senegal. So that same dude, Kevin, we, he was like, yeah, bro, I'm going to learn to surf while we're there. I'm like, sweet, man, I'll teach like, I've been surfing since I was a kid, like eight years old. Which like, is I'll... why you can surf anywhere, motherfucker. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, and not only that, now my, like, my surfing resume was decent before as far as, like, I'd surfed in Puerto Rico, like, some great breaks in California. Like, I'd surfed double overhead in, you know, before high school. But uh, Kevin's like, hey, bro, you're going to teach me to surf. I'm like, all right, sounds good. So he's going out with me, like, four days a week after we're done just getting thrashed and uh he he like he could stand up after a while but he couldn't turn you know like he would stand up and go straight and ride the white water he's not like going down the face of the wave so there's this break in senegal that only breaks like three four times a year it's called wakam and basically it's this uh it's a um, a bay and in the center of the bay is this giant rock pile and there's a huge mosque right there it's super picturesque it's beautiful like I've got, I should find some pictures of it and it breaks. And it's like, when it does break, it's a perfect left-hander, which is I'm goofy footed. So I want a left-hander and, uh, it's literally the best break I've ever surfed. So Wakam's breaking one day and I'm like, Hey man, I'm going to go down there and surf. He's like, I'm going to go with you. I'm like, well, are you going to like, if you, you have to turn, are you just going to sit on the beach and watch? He's like, yeah, it'll be, it'll be cool. I'll sit there and watch, you know? I'm like, cool. So I paddle out there. I'm by myself. I'm, cr- dude, best waves. Like, you know, 400 meter long breaks, just crushing it out there. And I'm riding one wave and come out and I see Kevin paddling out. And I'm like, bro. So he gets out and I'm like, dude, like you, you have to get up and turn left. Like you cannot go straight in the white water like you've done every other time. He's like, yeah, I know. That's what I'm going to do. 
Because he's going to wreck into the rocks, right? Because you'll hit the rocks and fucking die, dude. It, so it only breaks when it's like six feet and up. So it, it's like <laughs> any, anybody who's been in real six foot waves, like six feet is when it gets serious. Like you could get fucked up in six foot surf and it's probably six to eight feet. And that's so, without rocks. Yeah, yeah, without rocks. Like a six footer will hold you the fuck under. Like you'll be in the tumbler. So, and the, all these rocks are exposed, right? You're basically like getting on the wave in front of the rocks and then surfing to the left of the rocks. And if you can't surf or you fuck up, you're going to go on the rocks and die. So anyway, we go out and uh, he's like, yeah, I got this. Motherfucker stands up, goes left, like knew how to surf after that, basically, right? Like put him, he basically put him in the cell, put himself in a situation <laughs> where he's like, I have one choice and that is to learn how to surf right now or die like Bro. unwittingly he turned on the lizard brain and was just like nope i'm surfing today could you could you please not zach carbo me and like be like dog dog you've surfed three times you can totally fucking do this i'm like no 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 i can't <laughs> also i like to learn how to ride a shortboard just because i feel like i can paddle out through surf with a shortboard i no, can't paddle out you can. i can't paddle i'll teach you on i can't board to paddle we'll, out through yeah, breakers. We'll to, yeah, we'll go to North Carolina for some uh, storm swells this fall, and I'll take you out when it's like four Bill to six literally, feet. Bill literally told me about a time that you went surfing with him pre-hurricane that he was like, so Brent doesn't talk about the fact that he's been surfing his whole fucking life. <laughs> and he was like, do you know how hard it is to paddle out with a longboard? And I'm like, yes, I do. It's fucking awful. And Brent's like, I love the fact that your face is bright red. You're laughing so hard right now. <laughs> so the best, I've almost killed people surfing a few times. Cause for me, it's like a foregone conclusion for some guys. Like, so like if you're a Marsock dude, for me, it's a foregone conclusion that you can swim and like probably swim in some fucked up surf because you have to do it in our pipeline. That doesn't mean you can surf necessarily. So in my when I went to Morocco for like a J set, I brought like six surfboards, man, like a full quiver. Like I'm ready to fucking surf for these two months, <laughs> which and, you uh, did, which, which you I did. did. That's yeah, we would work. And then I would leave our house was like two miles from the beach. I'd drive a razor to the beach and I'd fucking surf. So, I hate you because that deployment, yeah, I love that you phrase that as a J set. You're like, no, motherfucker. Like, I know it was technically a J set, but you literally surfed Morocco, skied Garmisch or whatever. Yep. And then, and then went fucking on went, went on a real deployment, a real deployment to an undisclosed location, all in the period of like eight months. It was great. But uh, so where, where we were was not a populated area. It was, uh, Tisnit or Tifnit. It's like southern Morocco. Um little Dude, fishing. I feel village. Like, isn't it's it south Tifnid? of Agadir? Yeah, it's just south yeah, of Agadir. Just south of Agadir. So it's this little fishing village. And I didn't know like people don't go there because I guess there's a big problem with getting raped, <laughs> which who knows? But it's this little fishing village, same deal. It's a uh there's a bay, and you've got to paddle like six hundred meters out of the bay. Um to get to where the waves break. So one of the dudes in my team is like, Hey bro, I, like I've surfed. I lived in Florida, surfed a bunch. I'm like, cool, man, grab one of my boards. Let's go. So we drive down in, in a uh, razor and we're standing on the beach looking and it is, it looks to me, I'm like, yeah, it looks like four to six feet. Are you good with that? And he's like, yeah, dude, I, I can handle that. Like it's a little big, but like, I'll be cool. Dude, we're paddling out. I said it was 10 feet. He says it was 15 feet. I don't know what it was. It was fucking big. It was overhead for sure, maybe double Jesus. overhead. So I'm ahead of him. We get out. And again, so you ba basically you paddle out of this bay, and then you're in front of some cliff faces where you're surfing. I catch was a it, wave. Was it to Fedna? Was it to Fedna? No. I'll find it in a second. So I, I catch a wave. I'm going down the face of the wave. One of the best waves I've ever been on. And I'm like hooting this thing. I'm stoked. I look at him paddling out and he has like the eye of a gerbil. Like I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> so I get off the wave. I paddle over to him like, hey, dude, you good? And he's like, no, dude, this is fucking crazy. He's like, these waves are huge. I'm like, hey, no problem, man. We're going to fucking take it right in. Let's just paddle back around into the bay and we'll 
we'll be home free, no problem. So we start paddling, and there's a bit of a current, and he, super fit dude. He's like, dude, we're paddling for probably 20, 30 minutes against the current to get into the bay, and not we're not into the bay. And he's like, hey, dude, I, I'm not going to make it into this bay. Like, I'm just telling you straight up, we got to figure out a way to, like, get up these cliffs. I'm like, dude, all these cliffs have, like, jagged fucking rocks in front of them. <laughs> and the shore break is pumping and it's like a yeah, six to ten the shore break bro. Dude, it's like that's a like... six to ten foot shore break on these cliffs that's death so like two and a half hours later he's like we have to go we're basically trying to find a hole in the cliffs so a couple hours later he's like dude i've got like 20 minutes before i'm like i've got nothing left in the gas tank to paddle so i'm like fuck it dude we're going to paddle up into these rocks. Just put that board in front of you and fucking smash that thing into the rocks so that you don't die. And he's like, no, man, I'm going to, if I, as I'm going in, you know, we're trying to time it so that you don't get smashed on the rocks and you can get out. <laughs> yeah. Good he, luck. Yeah. And he's like, no, as I'm going in, man, I'll just push the board away. So I don't fuck your board up. I'm like, bro, you are going to die if that board doesn't take the impact. Fuck that board up. Yeah, I'm like, fuck that board. So he smacked, dude, there are three holes like the size of my head through that fucking board where the rock smashed through it. He was like all cut up on his ribs and shit. We got in, walked a couple, we were a couple miles down the beach, walked back to the razor and got out of there. But when he tells the story, it's hilarious because he makes it seem like I knew it was like, he acts like we knew it was 15 footers and I talked him into paddling out, which was not the case. Are you sure this wasn't south of Isawira? I'm positive. It, it was like it was it was south of Agadir. Yeah, 20 minutes to Agadir. Let me look at it. Okay. No worries. I'm just looking because like I spent time in Agadir and I spent time in Esawera, and it w- it wasn't Tecate, was it? No, it's. I want to say it's I'm south. looking at bays right now. Like south of Agadir is like Inezgan. So it is. I'm just curious. Oh, I'm looking at the map. That. You're looking at the airport at and it was gone. So we were like 20 minutes south of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just looking because there's a bay there, right? Because there's a river. Uh, it is. But there's not a ton of features there, right? Like City Oasis is there. But I mean, that's the middle of fucking nowhere. Let me. Yeah, it's Tifnet Beach. Let me send you a pen. I'm looking. Yeah, it's T I F N I T. Oh, there it is. I see it now. Tiffany. Yeah. So you see that little like... Oh, shit. That's tiny. I had to zoom the fuck in to see yeah, that shit. Yeah, it's super tiny. So you see how it like hooks around. There's that little bay and then there's the yeah, cliffs yeah, yeah. on the south side. Yeah, you basically <laughs> need to paddle out and get around those cliffs to even see. I will, I will say this. I, I don't want... I got a, probably one of the biggest regrets of my life and I don't have a lot. <laughs> I mean, I've done some dumb shit, but I don't have a lot of regrets. Yeah. I regret the question mark on whether I can visit Morocco again or not. <laughs> like, like I. Well, and that's uh, not a place that you go and you're like, oh, let's see if this buffs out because you're just going to get disappeared and never heard from Bro, me. if I end up in Mohammed Sadis prison, yeah, exactly. like forever, I, it'll just be like, hey, what's the white guy's deal? <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, here I am just fucking, I'm just fucking Moroccans. Like, I'm the meanest motherfucker. But there's always, like, dude, one out of fucking every hundred Moroccans is a goddamn giant. Oh, some of them are huge. Dude, I, you know that the the legend is that fucking St. Patrick came from Ireland to Morocco. And that's why the, um, the, uh, Berbers have red hair because they literally got fucked like they, St. Patrick's red hair, the Irish is the lineage that leaves them with that. And I'm like, really? is that, that story seems, I fuck if I know. I, it's a great story. Well, I'm sure there's <laughs> some truth or some type of truth. I wouldn't think the Irish would have a big, but there's a Spanish colony in northern Morocco that's still there. Oh, yeah. The enclave that's there is, I mean, here's the thing, what I was it's really colony, trying to get at. Colony's probably the wrong word for that. Isn't no, it? it's a, it's an enclave. Uh, it's it's Spanish. It is like, it be, it belongs to Spain, but it's Like, it's you Tangier. need a passport to drive into there. Yeah, yeah, you gotta have a passport to get in. It's, it's Tangier. But that's because the enclave for Spain is, is fucking tiny. It's like some bars and whatever, but it's yeah. really just a port 
like because the ferries run there, so the Spain the Spanish uh, have maintained it as like a province of Spain, huh. um, which is kind of funny because I mean if you look like the ferries go to Barcelona and fucking like but, you know if you look. Uh, I'm pretty sure there is a Tangier um, Tarifa or whatever. Like the very south of Spain um, is the uh, yeah Tarifa, and that's the the Tangier ferry goes there. Uh, yeah. But I, what I was gonna say is, um, you know, you can catch a ferry to Tangier. From Barcelona, fucking Genova, Italy, uh, Sete, France, um, and Tarifa in Spain. And, like, it's kind of badass to be able to go to Morocco, see what is essentially Indiana Jones shit, and then go Dude, back to I love Morocco. the first world. You should just call and be like, hey, bro, are we cool now? I mean, I kind of wonder if I could. I mean, I'm sure I could. I could just see if my passport's flagged with Moroccan customs. Yeah. That I mean, it's a, it's worth the risk to me. Dude, I that's what I was going to say like when it comes to places that people absolutely should visit in their lifetime, like Morocco is oh, way up there, man. Yeah, like and to me the the did you guys go to the little fucking town of Tetuan? Tetuan. Where's that? Tetuan's up not, in the map. We it's, it's up it's in we the mountains. We went to Tagazoo a bunch. We went to Casablanca, Marrakesh, like all the tourist shit we did. We spent a bunch of time surfing in Tagazoo. Um, Dude, Tetuan is is super badass. Um, there is there's another town uh, that is, oh Chefchaouen. If you guys didn't go to Chefchaouen, like it is, it's like a pla- the whole town is like plaster or whatever. Like all the buildings are, you know, kind of like um, it's not plaster. What, what the fuck do they call that shit? It's like the Spanish mudded white yeah, buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. But they paint them all blue. Oh, really? They're all this like they're all dyed this like really interesting color of blue. So you're in this like old, like medieval city in the mountains, and it is just. I mean, it's all blue. They call it. It's like it's known for being blue wash, but it is. It's cool. It's shady. They've got a fortress, a dungeon. Like it's it's badass. Um, but people, yeah, people should like the biggest thing. The thing that's great about Morocco is you could go to Morocco to study Spanish, French, or Arabic, and then whatever language school you enroll in. Which I'll even plug my old language school. That's a, it was an amazing experience. It was called Kalam Walau which means pad and pen. Dude, um, this city is dope. It is badass, dude. I mean, like, and the best part is you can still rent old school hotels there. So they have hotels that have, like, a central bathroom, and everyone has their own room, but, like, there are windows that pass through to every room. You have no privacy. But it's, like, beds, like, all shared areas with, like, stained glass windows and like crazy paintings, tiled floors and ceilings. And you're in there and you're like, dude, I just like literally got in a time machine 200 years back. And like, they serve you, you know, croissant and coffee for breakfast. It, dude, it's, if you are looking for a vacation, you should just take a month and study a language in like Rabat. Some places most people can't do that. Most ki- Dude, people can't be like, I'm taking a month off. I will tell you this. Out of the people that listen to our podcast, a bunch of them are in the military. They absolutely could take a month of leave and go to fucking Morocco. Dude, that's, yeah. I wish there was more uh, ability for those dudes to be like, hey, I want to do immersion training. Can I go to Morocco for a month and enroll in this school? It exists. It does, but <laughs> it's, it's usually pre-built, it's canned, it's and it's really few and far between. Um, one of my buddies did immersion training in Egypt for a month and had Ugh. a blast. I mean, it was that in Alexandria or fucking? I want to say it was, was it in Alexandria. Cairo? No, I think it was in Alexandria. He, yeah, I uh, the same dude, Cairo for dude, a month. when when uh, the rest of the team was still in Morocco. This dude, I hope I don't get him in trouble. He's still in. I'm not gonna. <laughs> don't say his name. I will say he is the 
<clears throat> fuck it. I think people know. He uh, so he flew his wife out there for like a month, and then got a rental car and was like, "Hey guys, uh, call me if you need me." But we, you know, we had a full team to do what like two dudes could have done training wise. So we're, <laughs> yeah, it was a joke. But um, he traveled Morocco with his fucking wife for like a month, man. Dude, I mean. I'll just say this. I thoroughly enjoyed my time at this institute. It was in Rabat, right? Yeah. Um, like, I know we hate Rabat, but Rabat's the most first world of places Rabat in just Morocco. Re- I mean, it's cool. You need to see it. It's just not where I would stay if I went to Morocco. If I went back to Morocco I, and it didn't take... But if you were looking person. to have... If you're looking to be comfortable, like, if you wanted to have the comforts of home... In a safe environment, Rabat's the place to be. Dude, Tagazoo is Tagazoo's up there. Dumb. And Agadir's it's not nice. bad. You could do Ag- yeah. Agadir. But the th- Agadir's got a fucking school, McDonald's, bro. This language school basically has every weekend, they do four-day trips to all those places. Oh, so, cool. like, it's part of your studying Arabic thing. Yeah. And um, I'm looking through their website right now. I'm looking There's at There's a bunch of, like, surf and yoga retreats in Agadir in in Agadir uh, no they're in Tagazoo like half hour north of Agadir isn't Tagazoo where uh, fucking Jimi Hendrix fucking hung out did he isn't that the the castle in the that's the the sand castle fucking town I don't know I just surfed there a bunch I'm pretty sure that that's uh, um, I'm looking right now I'm pretty sure somewhere around Esawira um, is where I think Tagazoo's it. I think Tagazoo is where Jimi Hendrix lived. No way. Yeah, yeah, dude. Tagazoo, Jimmy, it, and I'm gonna Google Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, uh, Esawira is what he said. Oh, that's not. Tagazoo. Yeah, no, no, it's not. But I mean, I knew he lived somewhere there. It's not too far. I like no. Esawira. It's Esawira is cool. It's like an old fort city too. You know, here's the other thing about Morocco. Morocco is the first country to recognize the United States as a sovereign nation. Yeah, that, that so that's why we were going. Like that was an enduring thing basically because like the the US and Morocco take that relationship very seriously. Which is crazy, right? Like it's because of the Barbary pirates, which I had, I had no idea about it. I was like, this is really, it's, a, it's a, like a really important, weird anecdote of history. Well, I'm pretty sure wasn't John Paul Jones, like the most famous admiral of, of us lore and history. He's the one that forged it. Right. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, so U.S. diplomatic relations with Morocco began in 1787 when the Confederation Congress ratified a treaty of peace between the two nations, which had been negotiated early in 1786. Um, It it was the Revolutionary War, specifically since 1777, when the Sultan became the first monarch to help the United States. That's crazy, right? It's wild. Which it says a, a, a status affirmed by Morocco's zero tolerance policy towards Al Qaeda. <laughs> Dude, Dude, they, they rape savage. their shit. They yeah, they, they destroy people. Fuck. Yeah, like if you're ISIS or Al Qaeda, they're just gonna. Bro, work. you cannot be ISIS or Al Qaeda. You could just be sitting in a bar and make a comment about it, and they're gonna fucking like just scoop your ass up. Yeah, they yeah they became the first people to recognize United States independence a year and a half after the Declaration of Independence was. Um, was written, but I'm pretty sure this has to do with the Barbary pirates, which I don't. We need a historian. Call yeah. Call Worth. Call Worth. Yeah. Yeah. This is the kind of thing because um, yeah, I don't know this, but I uh, oh, <laughs> wow. Um, at the time, apparently. European merchants, um, the, Morocco had no diplomatic ties with them. Hmm. Yeah, no treaty relations. Huh. That's weird. Yeah. 
Well, I think we should go if you can. We should definitely do Dakar. I'm down for Dakar. I, Dakar's dope even though, if you don't surf. The, dude, I'm not going to lie. Probably one of the most interesting slash powerful experiences of my adult life was Gory Island. Yeah. Like, they have a, it's well, Gory Island weird. weird, but if you talk, well, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. Uh, yeah, why not? I, it's a good experience. I'll say that. Uh, I mean, here's the catch, right? Most of the tourist trade of Senegal is based on the idea that it was the epicenter of the slave trade. Is that true? It is not true. <laughs> if you look, <laughs> if you look at the data, no, now, no, here's the, the catch. Is that true that most of their tourism is based on that? I, I think so. Yes. Like if you look, like Gore Island is yeah, Gore Island's hugely trafficked. People go there all the time because they want to see. I don't mean it in like no one's glorifying the slave trade, but no, it's I definitely like that, a destination. I, it's I, what is the, what's, it's just a what's beach the biggest destination from France, though. Fuck no! What's the biggest goddamn monument in Dakar? The, are you talking about the? Yeah the the big statue that the Bolivians did. The giant tits. For, no, the 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 slave with the two female, like the baby and the and the wife or whatever, uh, the African Renaissance monument. You know what I'm talking about? It's huge. It was opened in 2010. It's a giant copper statue. I mean, it's actually it's epically impressive. It's 52 meters tall, 171 feet. You you've seen that, right? Yeah, I love uh, it. I love that joke. you live there. No, no, no. I was making sure before I make comments, so we would always joke about <laughs> how the chick on this statue has great tits, and she does. Oh, Jesus. Of course you would. <laughs> no wonder you didn't want to go down this fucking rabbit hole. <laughs> is that hey, this is years ago, all right? At least yeah. eight years ago. Yeah, when you were not woke. I get it. Yeah, well, yeah, super woke. Um, uh, yeah, so if you're, I'm going to send you this picture. If you look in the back, so basically, uh, that break I was talking to you about, uh, Wakam is right behind, uh, that statue. So that statue is on like a cliff face. And when you're surfing, you're on the bottom of that cliff face. Oh, right on. That's kind of yeah. cool. So the picture isn't I sent like you, a, it's like right behind it. Isn't there a casino right there too? Uh, the casino is a little further down the hill. Um, there's a abandoned hotel there, which is pretty badass. My my favorite story, and we can now go back to me saying inappropriate things so you don't have to, but um, I don't know how many Mormons you've worked with, but I live to find every Mormon's sole vice, right? Mm. So, like, the most normal Mormons have a vice that's, like, touching kids. The, Jesus the, Christ, what? Yeah. Like a guy who seems the most normal, who's like the most oh, level headed, I got is you. the one that's like, if you dig deep enough, you'll find it. And you're, I, you're saying that he's got a terrible vice. If you dig deep yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. I, I worked with this guy who's one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. Uh, he and I went through the Q course together. I won't name his name, but I we worked together on multiple trips in Africa. And um, he and I were the only SF guys on the contract. And so, like, we'd hang out. Dude doesn't drink. Dude doesn't fucking dig chicks. I mean, he does dig chicks, but only if they're his wife. And he had just gone through a divorce. So it was like, no chicks. You know, just like this oh, guy. He had just is, gone through a divorce? Yeah, which was also oh, a big moral challenge for him, right? Yeah. So what the best part is every Africa trip we were on, there was always a casino in the major city. Big gambler. And this dude gambled like a motherfucker. Like, I mean, like, he'd literally be like, we made a lot of money this trip. I'm going to take, like, 10 grand and go over to this casino. And the worst black. part... No! he So, the motherfucker had a system. And hilariously, African casinos run by the French apparently don't care if you count cards in English. <laughs> so, like, I'm sitting at a blackjack table with this guy. And he's nonchalantly explaining to me how to count cards in front of the dealer who doesn't understand English, but the pit boss does. And the pit boss keeps looking at us funny. And like, he's like, bet now. I'm like, well, well okay. So like now I'm putting money down. <laughs> he's like, all right, do this, do that. And I'm like, what are we doing? He's like, oh, we're counting cards. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
Every time I ignored him, I lost. Every time I did what he told me to do, I won. And I was like, so would he crazy. flip that 10 G's into like 20 G's? He co- made tons trip? of money. And I was too reckless to listen to him. I was like, no, no, I got this. This is the time when I'm going to get 21. And Full I'm like, down. and he's like, he's like, don't do it. And then I'm like, oh, you're shit. like over there so, hitting on 18 and shit. <laughs> I need the perfect number, <laughs> motherfucker. Idiot. But yeah. Yeah. I had a really good time in Dakar at that casino. Just, I, I mean, like four. Place, man. It's a pretty city, man. Um, all right, we're at an hour. I'm going to fucking call it so I can go eat because I'm hungry. We got to make sure we title this one. Uh, start working out. Stop jerking off. It's Hells yeah. Fun. I'm into that uh, life. Training, not masturbating. <laughs> all right. Later. All right. Y'all have a wonderful afternoon. Hopefully we didn't waste your hour. <laughs>